Welcome everyone to the SBK Betting Podcast, a Royal Ascot special, so special that we brought uh, two of our massive team under one roof. Tom Collins from SBK, great to see you. Thanks great for to see us. you, Jess. Yeah, it's the first time for this, isn't it? It's a little bit different, but looking forward to it. Yeah, and so special that we've managed to get Ross Miller out of his chateau from France all the way to England for a flat special preview of the SBK. K podcast. What have we done to turn you? That's special. You know, I'm here. <laughs> Love the flat. Well, we've definitely had um, a good beginning of the flat season uh, so far. That we're we're looking forward to um, an even better Royal Ascot. And I think, if anything, the international flavour adds to it, makes it a, a race festival full of quality. And I know that you love your international elements, Tom, so you must be delighted with the, the shape of what we've got to look forward to. Yeah, it brings together my two favourite things, U- UK horse racing and US horse racing. Really looking forward to Wesley Ward's horses coming over, Christophe Clements as well, and Graham Motions, Iron Ortiz coming over as well. I've been waiting years for Irad to come over. He's the leading rider in America. Really looking forward to seeing how he fares against our best jockeys. Yeah, it's going to be a fanboy moment for you, Irad, his first time over at Royal Ascot. He's going to ride all of Wesley Ward's horses, which I think is a crucial point we'll get to a little later on but we've got plenty of races to get into all the group ones we're going to focus on um, eight races over the course of five days we're going to crack on into the Queen Anne Stakes the group one uh, the mile that they're going down the straight and with a rating of 125 Bayid I mean what more can we say about him he's unstoppable um, we've got no master of the seas to take him on really because I'd imagine that we're going to go through this quite quickly. Ross, any strong opinions about this race, about Baid? Is he unbeatable when you're looking at this? Uh, well, he's he's not unbeatable in that he's a horse and he's not a machine and, and things go wrong. Um, let's hope it doesn't. He's got to run somewhere near his mark and he wins this comfortably. Um, two to seven is not a price I'm interested in at all. Um, so looking for a bit of each way value, accidental agent standing dish at this meeting. This will be his fifth appearance. Won this race in 2018. He was slowly away last year, only finished seventh, but he comes in in good heart. Mm. Won his debut, uh, reappearance, second then over seven furlongs at Ascot. I think at a, at a decent price, he's he's there or thereabouts because I don't think there's an awful lot of uh, opposition against Baid. If they go hard, then that's going to suit him all the better. He'll, he'll finish strongly. Um, rated 112 now, comes in off a highest rate of nearly three years. So he could just be getting back somewhere near his best. And I think... I don't think he's got any chance of beating Baid if Baid runs anywhere near his best. But mm. of the others, I think he's as, as good as anything in the race and is a decent price. So I'd have a go at him each way. Yeah, 20 to 1 to finish in the in the placings. He's obviously 2018 winner. Uh, the shortest price winner of this race was Frankel at 1 to 10. Can you see, do you see him by getting to as short as that? No, I think he's probably going to go off around the prices now. The same price as Palace Pier went off last year, around 2-7. to seven. And I think he'll follow Palace Pier and win this race easily. Um, probably by a wider margin than Palace Pier did last year. Um, he's 7 from 7, looks supreme on his on his comeback. All of last year just looked one of the best horses in training. Um, but as Ross said, you don't want to take a short price, especially in the first race at Royal Ascot. You know, this is a long week. You need to look after your punt and be careful, mm. gamble responsibly. And by either 2-7 isn't gambling responsibly, in my opinion. Yes, and he, this is an each-way race, but at the same time, it's a very difficult each-way race, I think. There are horses in here that are going to be ridden to win and take on Baid, and they're the horses that I want to be taking on for an each-way perspective. The likes of Real World, I think he'll be ridden to win. Um, Lights On will be ridden to win, and I prefer a horse that will be ridden to run his best race, which is Sabuska. He's a massive price. William Buick's going to take the ride. Form figures of 414-3302 on a straight course at Ascot. Third in this race last year. Huge price, good each-way play. Sabuska for me. 
Yeah, 33 to 1. They're absolutely earmarked this race. So he has got such good form figures at Ascot as well. He loves coming here. Um, he seems to be in good heart as well, being gone all around uh, the world to get here. We just hope that there will be at least eight runners, don't we? For that each way value. I'm with you with Sabaska. Um, as it stands, we've got 10 in there. Um, it's whether anyone is prepared to take on Bayid, but I think we can all safely agree that yeah, he is the most likely winner. And we need superstars to begin uh, a Royal Ascot like this. And and uh, like any big, good festival, you need the headline acts. And this uh, it's my, most certainly is. So we'll carry on straight into the Kingstown States because this has got a real quality international feel to it with Australia's self-proclaimed fastest horse in the world taking on America's fastest in the world, at least according to Wesley Ward. It's a huge showdown with the best of Britain and Ireland thrown into the mix. Um, TC, you're an American specialist. With Wesley Ward, what do we have in Golden Pal? He's the two to one favourite, but he's been beaten in the UK at the Nunthorpe. Why should he come and, and win this King Stand? Yeah, he's not for two in Britain, and people will look to both of those races and say this horse is obviously overhyped by his trainer. Wesley Ward, we know he's a very bullish guy. He's bullish about all his runners, so you're going to expect that kind of response when he's asked by the media how good is Golden Pal. The answer is Golden Pal is fantastic. He's a very good horse. Wesley's not just being bullish about this horse for no reason. Obviously, he's owned by Coolmore, and Coolmore like to do the same kind of thing. So you do have to pay attention to that, but I really rate Golden Pal. His gate speed is second to none in the world. There is no doubt about that. No horse breaks two, has two strides after the stalls and can just instantly go a length clear. Golden Pal can do that. My one worry in this race is that Winter Power is also in the field. She is electric from the start. If they take each other on, then that could be the end of Golden Pal. We could see Golden Pal crumble and we'll see what happened to Wesley Ward's horses last year at Royal Ascot, then run four furlongs in the lead and get past. I think Golden Pal has the stamina to win this race. I think he's good enough to win this race. He's six from nine in his career. He ran an exceptional race in the Norfolk at two. Yes, he got beat by the Learjet, but that was on rain softened ground, um, which wouldn't have been anywhere near ideal for him. The next seven days forecast, Royal Ascot, sun, 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 sun. <laughs> Perfect for Golden Pal. Rattling fast ground. I think he'll make all. So... Tell me why did he get beaten in the Nunthorpe then? Because he was clearly, he came into that in the best form he'd ever been in. He had the right jockey on, he actually knew the track. Whereas Irada Teaser, get another thing. We're mm -hmm. not too sure whether he even knows exactly how stiff that end of this of this uh, racetrack is. And all his best work has been around a bend. That's what I can't come away from. And throw a nature strip as well. He could go really hard early on. They're all going to cut each other's throats. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the case. We, we might see that happen. And if so, then you're looking at like Saraceba, a massive price to finish fast and win this race. But... I think what happened at York, it was York. And, and you know, every horse doesn't handle that track. The Knavesmire um, can be suitable to some and not others. Mm. I'm willing to put a line through it. I don't think we saw the best Golden Pal that day. He wasn't even as quick early on as we normally see him. Ascot last year, his other run in Britain, straight track, as you, as you said, stiff five furlongs. He handled it very well on ground he wouldn't have liked. I'm happy to put a line through York. I think Ariel Ortiz is a very good jockey booking. He might get some stick on, on Twitter. I've already said this, but... Um, if you don't know his riding style, then you might not love him, but he's fantastic at judging the pace. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that Golden Pal can get this week off to a great start for America. OK, so TC's keeping his faith in Golden Pal. Ross, how do you view him? Because he's clearly been hyped up. Wesley Ward loves to hype up his horses. You've got to take, take it with a pinch of salt. I don't believe that this is the track that sort of suits him. He gets the best out of him at, over in the US-style tracks and... There are horses in here that could be waiting for him to go off for too fast and just wait to peg him back. Yeah, I mean, that I would be nowhere near the knowledge that TC is of US racing. And, and so you have to respect what TC says, that he, he we haven't seen the best of him over here. But from what I have seen and from what I can go on, I, I just don't see Ascot suiting him. I think 
Ayurveda Ortiz is a is a negative in that he rides flat tracks all the time and until you've ridden a track you, you're just not gonna you can talk to as many people as you like get as much information as you like until you've ridden it in real time i think mm. there's a danger that he won't realize how much getting this this trip gets um i think there's bags of pace in this race the horse i like against him is twilight course who tc's mentioned in previous podcasts right. travels really well through the race and then flatters to deceive i thought he was actually better last time in the temple stakes you know he got stopped at a, at a crucial moment but he finished off quite well and I could just see a scenario where he tr- is able to travel in behind them. As you mentioned earlier, they, they go a bit quick and they, they get each other early and, and they're stopping in front. I think he's good enough to, to capitalise on that. And I think six to one is a is a fair price. Um, in a race where if Golden Power wins, it's great for the meeting. Mm. It's great for TC. It's great <laughs> for the meeting um, because it, it brings a lot of positive stories into the sport and we need that. But I, I just think Ivar Ortiz is going to take a little bit of getting to know Ascot so, so that's the that's the, the reason to oppose him yeah it's a couple of negatives hanging on over him as a 2 to 1 favourite Twilight Calls he definitely has got a big race in him doesn't he he's got Ryan Moore booked, um, jocked up as well does that give you confidence behind him a little bit more as well well after winning the Oaks from uh, stall one absolutely yeah anything Ryan Moore sits on is uh, as we said last week needs respecting so I think it's crucial they go quick early. And I think mm. The quicker they go early, the more it's going to suit this horse. Um, and as TC alluded to, that it could be bags of pace early. You know, they, they they could break the record for three furlongs, maybe three and a half, but they'll be slowing over the last furlong and a half, I'm sure of that. Okay, so we've got one for America, one for UK. I'm going to go Australia, which I can't believe I'm saying um, <laughs> because I'm normally desperate to get them beat. But it has been a while since the Aussies have had success. They've obviously had good uh, results in the past. They've won four out of seven Kingstands from 2003 to 2009. Choisir, Takeover Target, Miss Andretti, Nature Sip Strip. Look, I've done my digging on this horse and I've been extremely impressed by what I've seen. He's got the speed, a bit like Golden Pal for five furlongs, but... Crucially, he also stays that extra furlong um, to prove that this stiff five furlong should be okay. From whereas Golden Pal around the bends brings out the best in him, and I, I think he needs a, a sharper test. So I'm going to give some uh, respect to Nature Strip at, at nine to four. Uh, they are very confident by this horse. He's got bags of experience as well, and um, I'm really delighted he's he's here to add an extra element. So going to throw him in the mix of what is a, a truly brilliant uh, renewal of the King Stand Stakes um, for for the only just the the third race on day one of Royal Ascot. Right, we're going to head straight into the St James's Palace um, over the mile. The three-year-olds and uh, will be long odds. On, I'd imagine for Caribis currently four to nine, no native trail to take him on, um, but we've got some sort of unknown quantities that the types that we've seen um, in the past come through in this race and um, without parole is, is one of them um, that have, have, have come being, come through the slower ranks and uh, could be anything. My Prospero could be one of those. Maldum is the um, is the German two thousand guineas winner. He's also in here as well. So it's a it's a bit like Baid. Are we going to try and take on Krebus or do we respect him enough that he's the likely winner of this race? What do you think? Um, I'm not going to take him on. I think he's going to win this race. Um, he's a better price than Baid. I know he's still mm. very short, but he's a better price. Maybe he's won for the accumulators, um, the SBK accumulators. There just isn't a horse in here that I want to be looking at, at with an each-way view. Like, I don't really like playing for second or third anyway in these kind of races. Um, but in this race, I can't make a solid case for anything to finish second or third that I'm confident they're definitely going to place. Whereas Karibus, son of Dubawi, 
suggest middle distance, but he's an out-and-out miler, perfect to this trip. Should be fourth and four, but he threw away the Royal Lodge last year, as we all know. Um, people actually gave Buick some stick for that, which was ridiculous. Um, he went for home a little bit too soon, but the horse was uh, just threw it away himself. He won the Guineas extremely impressively, beating you know the horse I thought was the best three-year-old this year mm. um, and I know it's a boring selection but they've kept him fresh for this he's by far the most likely winner I just want to get a winner on the board on day one Jess and this should be it Caribus yeah well that, that I think that uh, that treble is kind of making a lot of people a lot, a lot of bookmakers a little bit nervous if uh, if, if Golden Powell and uh, Bayi can do the job and Caribus can add to it it's a bit of a shame Ross looking through this race that there's there's no big standout from Ireland really um, and Aidan O'Brien doesn't have a, a mighty selection selection of three-year-old milers too so it's really Caribus's race to, to lose yeah absolutely and when we spoke about the guineas my sort of angle to take him on was that i didn't see that he could get past native trail um and i didn't think he'd want to get to the front in front of native trail and and that's exactly what he did and he ran very strongly to the line so whatever he did in the middle park was clearly greenness you know immaturity um so there's very few holes in him <laughs> whether i'd back him or not but as mm. a selection to put up against him berkshire shadow at 25 to 1 he finished his two-year-old work yeah, really disappointingly, but thought he took a big step back in the right direction in 2,000 guineas. He stayed on well in the late stages. A stiffer track here can can suit him. Um, and his single best piece of form last year came at this track. So there's, you know, might be reaching at, at straws, but there, there there are chances that he can close the gap on Caribus. Whether he can get past him, I think, is, is unlikely. But at 25 to 1... He's a horse I like. I, I still think there's a better performance in there. Um, and the Yard are in better form now mm. than they were when the Guineas was run. Um, not they're in bad form then, but they've just really started to come on now in the last month. So 25 to 1 for you know an interest in, in the race would be my my selection. Yeah, Andrew Balding's really filling uh, filling the placings with some big price horses, uh, 150 to 1 second with Huyamala in the derby as one of them. Um, I think if you like Berkshire Shadow, you shouldn't disrespect Lucille at 40 to 1 a bigger price not far behind Berkshire Shadow um, in the 2000 guineas but he was drawn 12 where we know it was the wrong side to be in the end um, you know the same side as Native Trail he got upset in the stalls lost a good few lengths and encountered a fairly rough trip through and looked fairly uncomfortable I thought on the track he managed to make up lengths as the race began to develop and he did well to get extremely close to Berkshire Shadow who was 5th um, and uh, Lucelle was 6th and I just I mean again I'm a bit like you Ross I don't think he's, he's not going to get close to Grievous but he could definitely finish a good third and at 40 to 1 that's a, that's a price I'd like to take in a race that the Hannans have done done well in but yeah possibly not the best renewal of the, of the St James Palace we've ever seen um, but again for racing for the sport for big stars we'd like to see Grievous continue on this uh, brilliant trajectory as a three year old so we'll head into um, Wednesday and uh, we'll look at ahead to uh, the Prince of Wales stakes the last opportunity for these older horses to race without the three year olds at some stage we like to hope um, that some of these and maybe some of the milers might step up and trip and the likes of Desert Crown might be facing off with uh, the best of the older horses in this division. No Adair, uh, the Derby winner, no Mishrif as well, we heard today, but we do have a very exciting prospect in Baybridge, 11 to 10 currently favourite. Uh, the Japanese horse, Sharia, is 100 to 30, State of Rest is 9 to 2, and uh, Lord North, 7 to 1. We don't have... It's not going to be a massive field at this stage with only um, with we still got a good few days to go until the final uh, declarations for this race. And we've actually only got it looks like uh, six in this race um, with a few coming out. So 
again, not a huge amount to go on, but I do think there's a is an interesting test for Bay Bridge TC with Charrier. Um, what did you make of him? Should we underestimate what he achieved in the Shima Classic? It was a very good performance. I knew absolutely nothing about him before that day, but he managed to beat Yabir, who's a good horse, albeit he's subsequently lost um, in America, finished third. You put a line through that American run, by the way. Those who didn't catch it, um, he missed a kick by five lengths and just had no chance on a, on a track that favours front runners or horses running close to the pace. He'll have to step up to beat Bay Bridge. I think Bay Bridge is the up-and-coming middle-distance horse that could really take all before him this year. He could be an absolute star. He's one of the typical stout improvers, isn't he? So Michael mm. Stout's won this race four times before, obviously targeted it with Bay Bridge. He was so impressive in the Brigadier Gerard, like so impressive. Last year, he won a listed race, and he won the London Gold Cup, which is obviously the best three-year-old handicap that everyone looks mm. at for, for future stars. But no one really 100% knew whether he was a Group 1 horse. This year, I think in the Brigadier Gerard, he proved he's a Group 1 horse waiting to run in a Group 1. This is his chance to shine, and I think he will do so. Unfortunately, it's his three favourites in the first four races we yeah, covered. I was about but, uh... to say, I'm slightly concerned that this is all it's all being a bit obvious, but I know we're going to get there. But yeah, I mean, there's a perfect cases for all of them. There is a lot of very, very potential superstars in the first couple of days, aren't there? Yeah, all these Group races tend to have a dominant favourite. Um, albeit maybe people will try and take on Golden Pound the King stand. But there are short price favourites in all of these to start off the week. And those people who like doing the weekly Akers, and I know there are very there are loads of them, um, they might be hoping that they're on a, a good roll after the first day or two. Yeah, and Aidan O'Brien, well, Broom is still in the race at the moment, but Ryan Moore is booked up for Bay Bridge, which, goes to, which either suggests that... Uh, uh, he's been given the go-ahead to ride for Sir Michael Stout as opposed to Aidan O'Brien um, or Broom doesn't even run, which is uh, just another horse Bay Bridge doesn't need to worry about. Yeah, I'll be very intrigued actually if Broom does run because uh, he was, he's very good on, on firm ground. He ran really well at the Breeders' Cup. He could be a big price, but with only six or fewer runners, you know, you're not going to get um decent each way opportunity, maybe just fighting for second. Mm. Interesting also if Iron Ortiz is on Broom. He rode him in the, in the uh, Breeders' Cup and obviously mm. he hasn't got a ride in this race. And if Ryan's on Bay Bridge, which he's almost guaranteed to be, Irad could take that ride and it could be an uh, intriguing forecaster. Yeah, it'd be another um, opportunity for him to learn about the track, Ross. Because, <laughs> yes, he he rode him in the Breeders' Cup, but that was uh, at Del Mar, a track that he knows well. So I'm not sure if that would be a help or not for Broom. <laughs> get, a, get a nice view of the countryside for certain <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so your thoughts of this. Like, but Bay Bridge, what he did in the Bugadar Jarrah was, was pretty special. Um, could he be the next uh, big thing? And also, could he pay... And make it quite awkward for Sir Michael Stout because one day he might even have to take on Desert Crown if they if they drop him back in trip. That's that's an interesting thought, isn't it? I mean, I, I was fairly confident that uh, Moshadab was beatable last time, but I thought Adair was the horse that was going to do it. Possibly he wasn't tuned up, mm. but the way Bay Bridge went past the pair of them very quickly and then lengthened away from them was 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 really impressive. And you have to think Sir Michael Stout trains them to improve with the season. So he was clearly ready enough. Yeah. But you could easily think there's a bit more to come. Um, so yeah, I, th- of, I mean, odds on uh, that the price we we're talking about with Caribus um, and Bader is just not my MO at all. But Baybridge actually tempts me. I think he's a really good horse. I think we're barely scratching the surface. And I think yeah. this isn't the toughest race. I think he takes all the beating. And with Ryan Moore on, I mean... Richard Kingscott, I guess, would have been the, the stand-in super sub, would have been no bad thing. But on the big meetings, Ryan Moore is the man you want, um, and, unless you're in a certain faction of Twitter. Um, and I, I just think, yeah, he takes all the beating. And, and I don't see what does beat him unless something goes wrong. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, 
I thought he, I thought he gave Love an exceptional ride last year in this race. He controlled it from the front. You'd imagine he could do that with Baybridge. He seems quite uncomplicated tactically. Yeah, I mean, I, I I liked the fact that he was able to get him to settle and relax at Sandown, and at, but he looked like he could have picked it up at any point. Mm. So I'm sure if there's if, if there's not enough pace on, he he can go on comfortably and uh, do his own thing for sure. Yeah, Baybridge. I think it's a a pretty comprehensive. Um, uh, uh, belief that I mean I'm not sure there are many races where we're going to agree but I think comprehensively we've all agreed that Baybridge is uh, is going to be one of the stars of the show and this is not the most competitive Sharia a lot of respect for him but it's just it's just tricky to know exactly what he what he is and maybe he got the best run of the race as well in the Shima Classic although albeit has worked out well with Hookham and Alenka behind him. So uh, he's a good um, addition to the race anyway. Uh, we'll head on to Thursday then. Um, we'll get, we're moving swift, swiftly through. And this is where we get to the Gold Cup. And um, a race really, TC, that revolves around us seeing, <laughs> working out whether True Shan or not is going to show up. Because the feeling is that it's unlikely, especially as he's currently 4-1. to one. Kiprios is 5-2. to two. Stradivarius, the three-time winner, 100-30. to 30. So you'd imagine based on that, there's a feeling that he won't do as you, you touched upon the ground I've seen there's a bit of rain maybe on Wednesday but probably not enough for them to to take this test yeah I think we're looking at good ground or good to firm um, anyway in, in places but um, there are so many horses in the Gold Cup that want give underfoot now most of these races obviously we want to see firm ground well good to firm ground safe mm. for horses but but quick ground perfect for flat sprinters and, and middle distance sorts obviously in this race most horses actually want cutting the ground um, Trushan being the primary horse we're talking about here also Scope Princess Zoe Mojo Star, Scazino, Tashcan, like there are so many that do their best before uh, run best on on soft ground. So it'd be intriguing what the ground is by Thursday. Um, I also think Stradivarius doesn't really want it rattling fast. They actually mm. assessed the ground before. He's fine on it, but they've assessed before and they they've wanted a little bit of give underfoot. Um, so I thought this is a real difficult race at this point to assess. I think Kiprios obviously deserves to be up there in the market. He's looked so good this year. Four year olds have won seven of the last ten renewals of this race he could be the second coming we don't really know what he's beaten so far mm. in two Irish races but um, he's looked very impressive he deserves to be favourite at this point without knowing the ground but I'm going to take a price on if I want a huge oh, thank uh, take gosh it. another favourite I was worried for this, a second this is uh, this is right out there okay. I, think, I, I don't know if it's just because I've been putting up favourites so far and I've gone right I need to I need to just buck the trend here and go for something at a huge All price right, go. uh, it's going to be Alan Yak not to be confused with Alunak who's also in the field Alan Yak the Jamie Osborne trained runner massive price and if you look at his form you'll think this horse has no chance and look he might be out the back of the tv but he's very much been underestimated in the market he's completely unexposed over this kind of trip a trip's in excess of two miles actually he's only run uh, over this kind of trip twice in the past he shaped really nicely when fourth in the dubai gold cup 80 odd days ago He's been given a good break since then. And that day, he stayed on powerfully from behind. Yes, I know the race wasn't as good as this. He's facing the likes of Stradivarius, maybe Trushan, etc. Kiprios. Um, but he stayed on powerfully. I like the fact he's with Jamie Osborne, who targets this meeting with his limited string. Uh, mm. But Racing Sand always runs well here, etc. I think he's probably been underestimated. I think 66, 80 to 1, whatever price he's going to go off on the day or whatever price he is now, he could hit the frame. I'll have a small dabble on him, Jess. Gosh, but not one that I was expecting. Do you imagine that um, Safi might be given the opportunity by her dad to have have a go on this? Yeah, I do, and imagine if she wins. That would yeah. be absolute scenes uh, in, in the in the winners' enclosure. It would be a, a career best victory for Safi, and, and obviously a family occasion. Yeah, fifty to one we can give you as it stands. You, maybe you've already nibbled at it. That's why it's coming <laughs> from the sixty sixes. He's obviously not actually been tested at two mile four furlong as well, mm -hmm. so it's slight slight unknown as well. 
do you feel like it's just like a, a more of an open race than than we 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 give it credit because we always wrap our head around Stradivarius and Trushan and actually that like we saw Princess Zoe run a monster race to come second in the last year. Yeah, I think it's open to a shock, not a shock winner perhaps. I don't mm. think I don't think Alignac's good enough to win. I have to clarify that, but it's definitely open to a shock. Some of these horses can take it on each other from a long way out, and if the ground isn't right for some of them, who knows how they're going to perform? Mm. You know, I, <clears throat> if Trushan turns up and he doesn't like the ground. He could be out the back of the TV. Like we've seen it before with horses in this race. I'm hoping that, you know, some because of the distance, some horses don't stay either, obviously. So hoping that you see a, a minor pace collapse up front. And yeah. Alignac is one of those horses going to be running really cold out the back and hopefully stay on past beating horses. Maybe he hits third. Um, and if he does, you'll probably hear me celebrating from my house in uh, Basingstoke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we kind of underestimated Subjectivist coming into this race last year, but yep. also wasn't he given Ross the most magical ride as well? Unbelievable ride. And that's what can can do this race. And actually, Frankie wasn't quite at his best on Stradivarius. Not that he would have got to him, but that's what it can all be about this race. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if you're on something that's got no right to win, you almost have more free reign to try something. Because if mm. it doesn't work, no one notices. And if they do notice, they don't they don't blame you. Um, I'm still sticking with the slightly boring angle, I'm afraid, and I just think Kiprios has got a a profile that suggests he could make up into a real high-class cup horse. You know, Aidan O'Brien's got a great record at creating them. Mm-hmm. Um, as TC alluded to, he's been really impressive. Okay, search for a song. He's a, a dual uh, Iris Cesarewicz winner, uh, full brother, actually, to Kiprios. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he just looks like he's going to step up for, for this step up in trip. Um, the reappearance didn't really tell you anything other than he's still got four legs and he's, he's in good health um, but visually really impressive in the vintage stakes I think Trushan is is vulnerable because even if they think the ground's safe enough to run it's not going to be optimal I don't think um, and Stradivarius he looked better on his reappearance but I kind of almost wonder if that's going to be his best run this year I, he, last year he just looked to me like he was uncomfortable he looked like he was starting to become a little bit moody at times I I thought mm. um, and I just wonder whether first race back after a break maybe he's got a bit more fire and then as the sort of rigmarole of the training takes its toll as he go through the season I'd, I'd be keen to oppose him um, so yeah I thought <coughs> Kiprios was the was the one I know he's not as exposed as Order of St George was coming to this race, but it does feel similar. They had their a lot of a lot of op- options at one mile six furlongs, and then was eased into it and just actually blew them apart as, as further that he went. Uh, absolutely, they 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 clearly have a very good system at, at, at highlighting these Galileos mm. who are just so tough. You know, mm. talented but tough. They seem to be able to find the right one, and and, and I use the word make them into into cup horses because I think they can pick and choose and say that's the cup horse that one's going to win the group twos at a mile four and a mile six um so yeah i i think you have to respect what they know about winning this race and they kind of need a good older horse as well don't they yeah they've been uh it's they're scraping out a bit of a barrel when you look at that, this royal ascot festival um but yeah interesting case for kiprios i have a lot of respect for him five to two favorite as it stands i'm going to give an honorable mention for um for a little bit of princess zoe because i did think she ran that brilliant second in this race last year and she showed that the ground she, she's not completely inept to running on quicker ground although that was a bit of a 
it, it was it was a bit of a scramble at, at the finish in the in the Ascot trial, but it's worked out with Trishan. Um, so I don't think that she should be overlooked. Um, and a brilliant um, training performance from Tony Mullins. Twelve to one, she is. But Scope is the one that I'm really fascinated by. Yes, I think he needs a bit more given the ground, but I would be happy for Trushan to be in this race and Scope to take him on because I think that he's got more <clears> class than Trushan. Big, big, big words for me. But I genuinely think he's going to be a better horse as he gets older. Um, he wouldn't have been 100% tuned up for Newbury where he got into a battle with the eventual winner um, and just beaten by a neck. That was a tough performance. And I think he can really show his hand in these cup races this season. Um, so if it if it's just on the faster side, it might not be ideal for him. But I don't think, I think he's a horse that we need to truly have respectful throughout the rest of the season he's six to one and hopefully give um rob hornby a bit of redemption for some some nightmare couple of, of runs at the, on the on the big stage so that's a good look at the gold cup which i think it really deserved it it's, it's look at because it's not as clear cut as some of these other group ones but we'll head on to friday for the commonwealth cup six furlongs for the three-year-old colts only uh, this race is fast becoming one of my favorite races of the week really due to the progression plenty of these three-year-olds make up in the early part of the year from a two to a three-year-old and it's added a really interesting dimension to Royal Ascot and we've seen some really good results and I think from a podcast point of view we've got into we've got our teeth into this crop of horses throughout the season and TC's favourite horse and training will line up here which we'll get to a little bit later but Ross I'll start with you first because Perfect Power as favourite I think is a, it's a deserved 92 favourite in here we've got a prices quite nice price about everything El Caballo on beaten 6-1 Eras 8-1 10-1 for Go Bez Go Twilight Jet but it was kind of inevitable that Perfect Power would, I thought was always going to come back to the Commonwealth Cup after that that tilt in, in the Guineas route yeah I mean this is a, a great race I think it's one of my favourite races of the week and a lot of talk at the moment about getting rid of races this is a race that's been put in and it's it's added to the to the weekend to the to the program for these horses that perhaps don't stay the mile don't want to take on the older boys at the, at the sprint distances i took the view that last year's two-year-olds were a fairly moderate bunch as a generality and they struggled to be consistent perfect power was the one that other than a, an unlucky run at goodwood he he put his runs together very well bags of speed to win the norfolk over five and then this year he's come out and won the green over seven I think perhaps in hindsight his class got him to win that as opposed to stamina and he clearly didn't stay in in the 2000 guineas um i think dropping back he's going to see this trip out really well he's got plenty of speed the only minor issue i see is that richard far he's spoken about how they've they changed his training to try and draw out a bit more stamina for the guineas and he now looks happier mm. training him as a sprinter if that training him for stamina has has blunted a little bit of speed potentially that's a problem but I don't see it being a big problem, but it it, it has the potential to to have blunted some of that speed, taking some of that sharpness out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he should see the trip out really well. Uh, at, at a bigger price, one I throw in is Hermano Estrella. Only had the two runs. Clearly didn't stay in the thousand guineas in Ireland. Um, but on a sole start as a two-year-old, she beat the subsequent Queen Mary winner, uh, Quick Susie, and beat her quite nicely on soft ground over five. So you think she's got enough stamina to see out the six. Uh, she's going to need a good draw as as they all will and obviously we don't know that yet um but she could just surprise a few i think i think she's clearly got ability so two sort of horses have been trained to a mile coming back in in trip for you and draw wise what would you like to be drawn for either of them well as tc put me right a couple of podcasts ago low to middle so no higher than 14 mm-hmm. um you know and let's hope they're not going to water it's been a little bit of a bugbear across mm. social media and uh, you know that they're they sh- these horses should be running on good good to firm ground 
um if they got the watering can out then you know who knows what happens but i think the draw would still stand you know stand to be lower draw the better campanile being in this race adds a good dimension there'd be plenty of pace on won't do you imagine coming uh, coming from america she's shown a lot of gate speed that will that will help perfect power how do you think christopher simon's going to ride this horse now to, for speed well it, I, I think uh, in the greenham he relaxed really well and he stayed on really well but he was more forward than they'd ridden him previously mm, yeah. so i think he's probably got options now i think simon does quite like to ride the daring weaving race mm. sort of his french flair it suits his nature um but i'd like him to be perhaps a little bit more forward than he might be inclined to be so that that's the one issue he, you know he, at some point his luck's going to run out you know i don't care what anyone says if you're riding that sort of race you as well as talent for finding the gaps you have got to have the luck that the gap stays open long enough for you to get through it and at some point his luck will run out i hope it's not in this race um so those are the two issues will he get the gaps if he wants them if he tries to ride a waiting race and have they blunted his speed by trying to draw out his stamina yeah yeah interesting perfect power coming to it he could be far superior to all of them tom but he could be it could have just been a a a bit of a strange route through which might just sort of do him that slight harm whereas a lot of horses come into this in exceptional form really going through the gears going up through the rate of knots alcabized and nothing wrong um Eraz, as I said, a horse that you've got a lot of time for, ran a mighty race to prove, you know, why he should be at the top side of this betting, and um, they've been trained for this race essentially from day one. Yeah, well, he won a, a maiden last year at Ascot, and he was just so impressive that day. I instantly mm. loved that horse. Um, I don't know whether it's his looks or how he went through the race, but I got a soft spot for Eraz, as we as regular podcast viewers will, will know. Um, then I backed him and, and tipped him last time out. I thought he should have won that race. Mm. He just didn't quite get there and pass your your selection, which was Tiber Flow. Um, I think he's going to be very well suited to a fast-paced six-furlong sprint um, at Ascot. Everything is perfect for him in this race. If he's going to win at Royal Ascot, this is going to be the, the race he wins. Yeah. He's going to be one of my selections. The other is perfect power. Um, Ross has already obviously made a, a phenomenal case for him. Um, I'm happy they're reverting to sprinting. Last July, I tweeted, this is going to sound like terrible after timing, and I, I apologise. Uh, <laughs> but last July, I did tweet that he'll win the Middle Park and then follow up in the Commonwealth Cup. Mm. And then I thought I was tearing up my ticket over the winter when they said they're going to go down the Guineas route. Fortunately, they reverted back now that he didn't stay a mile. Um, so I'm on him at a nice, tasty price. And I, I, I fingers crossed he does win. Um, but I also back Eras as well because I think I'd be probably more annoyed if Eras won actually than if Perfect Power lost. It's um, I feel like it's a confidence in that they've chosen the Commonwealth Cup because they could have gone the jersey and that could have been yeah. as a trip that he's won, he's won over over seven furlongs. It might not have been such a hard task to go from one sort of extreme to another. So that they're very confident that they can that they can get this job done is a, is a it's probably a boost. Yeah, well, I think he was the best sprinter in Britain last year, without any mm. doubt. Um, some people liked Asymmetric. He's obviously gone over to the US now, but um, yeah. I think he was a horse that wasn't necessarily going to improve from two to three. And perhaps we just saw his best last year, um, whereas Perfect Power was just increasingly getting better and better for each start. Um, I think he's a six furlong horse. He's a horse that stays seven furlongs, but I think he's a six furlong horse. It's better when he can use his uh, additional stamina and incredible turn of foot over this trip. He deserves to be favourite. Um, I'm hoping he gets a middle draw because I think he'll be three or four back off the leader um, mm-hmm. and then try and find the run, as Ross said. Um, I think he's clearly capable of winning if he gets the, the trip. But so is Eraz. He's another that will be off the pace. Mm. If this race goes to a front runner, then uh, it's not good news for me. Yeah, so that's why I like Eraz here as opposed to I obviously tipped up Tiber Flow, did have a lot 
of respect for him. I've also got a lot of respect for Alcabaya as well. But I do think Eraz, that this kind of race, this track as well, will really see out the best in him. Um, obviously, it was painful, really, to, from your perspective, to see Jim Crowley just not get there. But I think he, looking at it, he w- was the possibly the best horse in the race. So I'm going to uh, follow you in there with Eraz eight to one. Um, and Jim Crowley, we've seen him at his best here with the likes of Batash, and he knows how to ride this straight track well. Um, and I do, yeah, I think that he's um, he's a horse that possibly Rich Shannon's just been bashing his head a little bit against the brick wall knowing that there's a there's a there's a true star within that um so he's really interesting horse I loved last year was Wings of War um I think for the Clive Cox team he was a he you know he he started pretty early on in in the season in June and he got he improved and improved um his win at the end of the season at Newbury was 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 like pretty hard fought as well he's a game he's a tough horse he didn't begin the season in the way that I thought he would do they stuck cheap pieces on him last time and he couldn't find many gaps he got a load of trouble in running and he actually finished really nicely and encouragingly for, for me to suggest that he probably might have just needed his first couple of races and I'm happy to to see him in here at currently 14 to 1 um, in a race which is massively open um, to, to definitely be uh, in amongst um, some of the the top three so he's a he's a a, a selection for me but as the both Ross and TC have said the the draw is adamant for this and it is throughout the course of the week um, especially for the bigger handicaps um, so hence why we're not sort of focusing the, on them at this stage okay that is the coronation um, the Commonwealth Cup excuse me we're going to head on to the coronation stakes um, the next race we're going to look at on the Friday this is a top class renewal this race if if most majority of the horses hold their ground. We've got basically a Ryder Cup. We've got the best of the Europe versus the best of the US. Um, we've got the English, Irish, and French 1,000 guineas winners lining up, um, as well as the long anti-post 1,000 guineas um, favourite in Spiral. Um, as I said, some classy international fillies. Um, and Homeless Songs, who is the Irish 1,000 guineas winner, is the current favourite at 11 to 10. In Spiral, 11 to 4. Cachet, 13 to 2. Um, 7 to 1 for Prosperous Voyage, who was second in the... 1,000 guineas and Mangostine who's the French 1,000 guineas is 9 to 1 so there we go and add in Spenderella the US um, uh, filly in here as well so there's a lot to go through um, TC give us the full debrief about these American fillies because it seems like from a, an American perspective from what I know their fillies on turf a lot stronger than their colts and that's why we've got such a, a good selection of them coming over yeah I mean firstly it's fantastic that there's two US horses in this race in Spenderella and Pizza Bianca Spenderella is going to be a slightly shorter price than Pizza Bianca she's unbeaten in three starts she looked really good in the Appalachian last time out of Keeneland which was a, a grade two this is a step up and as you say it's a very hot race mm-hmm. um, not only to be able to the best UK runners but as you say um, the Irish and the French too so it's going to be a proper test to Spenderella. Graham Motion has sent over sharing for this race before she finished second. Um, so he kind of knows what kind of what horse you need to, to trouble um, the judge in the coronation. I'm a bit uh, on the you know tentative side of Spenderella. She's got very good tactical speed, which you see in so many US horses obviously go to the front or sit prominently, have that get has that gate speed. But this race could find her out. I think there's plenty of other speed horses in here. She's going to have to go hard early. And she's just dominated her last two races from the front. Never really mm-hmm. seen another rival and kick clear. She's clearly very talented. Um, but I'm not sure. I think this might be a step too far for Spenderella. Though it would be great if she did go close. Pizza Bianca, um, I think, is the better play in here. A slightly bigger odds for Christophe Clement. She's actually going to be my selection in the race, despite the fact that Homeless Songs, who Ross will undoubtedly mention in a minute, um, deserves to be favourite and a clear favourite at that. But Pizza Bianca won at the Breeders' Cup, the Juvenile Felice mm-hmm. Turf. And 
I loved how she moved from the back of the field straight to the front. She beat Malabas, she beat Cache, obviously a much shorter price, though she has obviously improved for SBK Ambassador George Bowie this year by winning the, the 1,000 guineas. She beat Hello You, she beat Mise en Scène. So there's cross-collateral form there with UK mm-hmm. runners. And she has a European style of racing. She's by Fastnet Rock um, out of a Galileo Met, so she's bred also to, to handle European style races. She's not the typical American horse that everyone will see her on the race card and go, oh, this horse is going to go to the front, she's going to bomb out. She's going to be a late finisher. She's going to close from off the speed. And I like that. I like her acceleration in this race. I think she matches Homeless Songs in that regard. Maybe she gives Homeless Songs the jump. Maybe Homeless Songs is slightly ahead of Pizza Bianca. um, And therefore, she can't reel her back in. But I think Pizza Bianca at a double-figure price is well worth a play. 16-1 to currently. Do do you know who will be riding her? I don't. Um, Jose Ortiz usually rides her, but I I don't know who rides her at the moment. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see whether they they, they pick an English, a UK-based jockey. Um, or not. What did you make of her her first run of the season? Did she just need it? It was a good run at Aqueduct. Um, she got beat by a horse called Consumer Spending, who's very well talent, very talented for Chad Brown and well regarded. Uh, Consumer Spending finished behind her in the Breeders' Cup, but wasn't given a good ride that day at all. I think they're quite closely matched. If Consumer Spending came over for Chad Brown, Chad mm-hmm. Brown's never sent a horse over to the, to Ascot. And, Fingers crossed he does soon. Um, then she would be a short price. She'd be 10 to 1, 8 to 1. Pizza Bianca's the same kind of level as consumer spending. She might have needed the run. She did last year at Woodbine after a break. So um, it'll be intriguing to see how she performs. I think she's good enough. Fingers crossed that she runs well and, and gets the gaps when needed. Yeah, okay. So that's a really good insight into Pizza Bianca for anyone that's not too um, sure about the, the US form, what we've got to look forward to here. So confidence behind her for our US um, authoritarian that is TC. So thanks to him for being here to give us some insight. Is that enough to sway you, Ross? It, it didn't sway me, but it was uh, very informative. I, you know, I, I don't watch US racing, so I would have, exactly as TC said, looked at it and thought, yeah, front runner track will find them out mm. um maybe not um but yeah i i do like homeless songs uh, this is the, the the guineas form on trial isn't it and uh i sort of looked at it and thought as i've mentioned before i always try and look at the favorite right how can we get it beat and straight away i thought maybe the stiffer track will find her out and then you watch it back she was very explosive to put the race to bed but she was very strong through the line she's by frankel out of a mare who's got plenty of 10 furlong uh winners in in the family um arguably on a pedigree she should she should get 10 furlongs herself um so the track holds no fears i thought she beat tuesday far more convincing than than cache managed and i think tuesday is progressing with every run mm-hmm. um, yeah, agreed. i don't go as far as saying that the oaks philly you know the oaks form has, has boosted it because clearly tuesday has improved for trying a completely different discipline yeah. um, but i think tuesday was a better horse in the irish 1000 than she was in the in the uk 1000 and uh, homeless songs beat her convincingly so I, I just think that that uh, turn of foot is is a potent weapon mm-hmm. um, in spiral is the one we don't know about um, I'm loathed to, to back a horse that's clearly had training issues through the through the spring they were struggling to meet a target and then mm-hmm. literally 24 48 hours later they weren't going to get their target I think she's clearly had issues fillies do take a bit of a bit of managing um and I just think there's a, a chance that Cache and Spiral could sort of slug it out in the, the, the latter middle part of the race and, and set this up for Homeless Songs just to be able to travel in behind them and then and then pick them up when she wants to. So, again, not a great price, but I, I think she's a very realistic winner of this race. Do you think that there is a chance that Dermot Wild might not bring her over if the ground continues to, to get fast? 
I, I think there is, but then with the ownership, there's there's a, a, a very real long-term benefit to her being a Royal Ascot winner. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think if it was an ordinary run-of-the-mill Group 1, then yeah, perhaps. But I think it's a Royal Ascot Group 1, and I think that shouldn't be overestimated on her or underestimated on her pedigree going forwards. Um, you know, for, for an outfit that are, yes, they're breeding racehorses, but they're trying to create families as well. So mm-hmm. um, I hope... Um, that uh, she comes but yeah I mean she's probably not going to want it rattling quick yeah it'd be fascinating to see what we get by by Friday for Homeless Songs because she does add such a, a special element to it and she looks very straightforward both Frankel Philly's Homeless Songs and Inspiral but I feel like there's something about Homeless Songs her her nature and Spiral seemed to be pretty bulletproof as well but there was there's something that's very uh, mature about Homeless Songs and she's got the best of Frankel yeah, and Inspiral last year, I mean, she she kept winning, but never did I look at her and think, wow, that was mm, impressive, you know, yeah. whereas Homeless Songs, you know, for a three-mile chase man, you know, she she, <laughs> actually, she actually got my heart rate up a little bit, you know, she looked impressive. Inspiral, as I said, I'm not sure how good the two-year-olds were last year. Um, I, I just don't know she's going to have the tactical speed to to deal with homeless songs if I'm honest yeah that's we found out the reason why he, we got him out of France it's homeless <laughs> songs um, if um, she's done it for us uh, well yeah look, I, I, I completely agree I think she was just she was devastating I'm going to add to Ross's um, confidence behind homeless songs I'm going to throw in discoveries and give her another chance at 12 to 1 as she actually had homeless songs behind her as a two year old I'm not sure whether she's either not trained on and she didn't run too well in the uh, in the 1,000 guineas and she's just not the filly she was at two or she can be forgiven for that. She wasn't that suited and the Jessica Harrington form weren't, wasn't as strong as, as it could have been and, you know, she is by... Um, she's a full sister to Alpha Centauri and she's just better than that. So I'm 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 happy to to risk that that's it, it's that case, um, the latter case than the former. So I'm going to give Discoveries another go at 12 to 1 as well for what is an exceptional renewal of the Coronation Stakes. Right, we've got to our final race that we're going to have a proper look at. This is the Platinum Jubilee on Saturday. The six furlongs for the older horses, four-year-old and up. Um, and if Nature Strip wins the King Stand, he could line up here again. We could have a couple of horses that come and sort of back up they're running the King Stand and it sounds like that's what they might do with Kings Lynn as well um, for Andrew Balding who tried to do this last year and was very unlucky Blue Point obviously did the double in 2019 so this is always a bit of fun and, and it gives uh, um, trainers the opportunity to be a bit creative as well um, but it's all the market is headed TC by Home Affairs 4-1 four, four favourite currently the Australian Raider who's been uh, separated from Nature Strip I know that you know everything about uh, American racing what have you thought about about him compared to, to to the others in this field, does he deserve to be favourite? Well, I had a look at um, his win two starts back where he beat Nature Strip. It was impressive. He went to the front. He'll probably go to the front again here at Ascot. Look, it's really difficult to match this horse up against you know some of our English challengers, even against Campanelle. Like it's really difficult to match them against each other. Um, compare them. I think he's too short. Look, he might go and win. I don't mm-hmm. know the the Aussie form as well as um, the US or, or the UK, but. Um, I want to be taking him on at that kind of price. Saying that, it does pay to, to back shortish price horses in this race. There's only been two horses sent off uh, bigger than 10 to 1 that have won this race in the last 10 years. Um, so you generally want to be on one towards the top of the market, despite how enticing some of these big price horses look. I'm going to side with Creative Force um, for good old Finn. He's six from 11 in his career, prolific sprinter. Um, and he's definitely up to group one level as well. Wrapped up a four-timer last year. Um, that He capped that off with the victory in the jersey. So he's got proven course form. He was crowned champion sprinter again on Kipco Champions Day at Ascot in, in October. That came on softened ground, but he likes it rattling quick as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you're looking at it as a recent start and it's a, a duck egg and you're thinking, God, this, is, this horse hasn't trained on at all, but he was found to be lame in the Alquaz. Um, that clearly wasn't his true running. He's been given time since he's returning to Ascot. He's with leading connections, strong over this trip. I think he's a real dangerous player. Um, we've also got a touch on the likes of Campanelle, who's just one of Wesley Ward's best horses. She's a fantastic filly. She's got course form. We know what she is. She's not one of these West Ward mm. horses that's coming over who are like, oh, you know, how, how's this horse going to perform? We know she's going to perform. Um, she's going to be bang up there from the outset and try and outstay them. I think she's a leading player, but uh, I've never actually backed Campanelle when she's won a race, which is quite surprising for me for a Wesley yeah. Ward horse. Um, so I've got to take her on again, just by morals. Just purely on morals, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she's obviously she's obviously also bred by Tally Ho Stud. You know, she's got... She's a, a, code, a daughter of Kodiak so she's probably just maybe even more seen at her best when she's over here and that's why they've uh, they've campaigned her well over here um, she's, uh, she's a 5-1 to one chance and creative force for TC 6-1 to one. Ross how have you looked at this race There's obviously we've got a bit of water to go onto the bridge yet it's a big field as, it, as well and we've got plenty of contenders as it stands is there anything that's standing out to you? Yeah I really like Campanelle she's first past the post in, in two visits to this meeting mm. um and okay I, I think she she deservedly got the result reversed last time but i liked how she showed an awful lot of guts in in soft heavy ground um to really grind it out um so she'll see the six furlongs out really well i think that the, the, the aussie horses can create a bit of pace for her and help her relax because she can take a bit of a grip and i think the quicker they go the better that'll suit her um Ira Adelters, of course, will have plenty of practice by the time we get to the Saturday. Uh, maybe even a spin on broom. Um, so he'll know the intricacies of the track. His last opportunity. <laughs> his last opportunity to get the headlines. Everyone raving about what a brilliant jockey he is. Uh, and I think he'll he'll take this on Campanella. I think she's a, a strong, strong chance. And I like the fact that this is her target. Um, plenty will double up. But I like that this is the target. And I think she'll uh, take a fair bit of knocking. Yeah, it, it certainly is the target for Campanelle. So five to one for Ross. Um, I'm going to throw in a couple in here. I think Kings Lynn, I think this is very much the plan to back this horse up in this race, which he did last year. But my gosh, was he unlucky in this last year. Ryan Moore was on board um, and Oshin Murphy had been on board um, earlier on in the week in the King's Stad. And he was just unlucky in running in both races. But the crucial thing about Kings Lynn is he's in much better form this season than he was a lot this time last year. He's been shown to really good effect. He's clearly matured. He's getting better as he's getting older. He will need to get his gaps. But I admire the creativity of the Andrew Balding team to confirm that regardless, you know, even if, well, if he run, run bums out, runs a very poor race and there's, and there's, you know, there's something that uh, adheres to him running again. Then they won't. But if he, even if he runs in the in the top sort of six or seven, I'd imagine they're going to back this up. Um, and um, I'm going to put some faith in in him. Um, and he's twenty to one, which is crazy for a horse who's been in great form. The other one is Happy Romance. She was a late non runner at York recently. I'm not entirely sure whether that was something to do with the ground, whether that was unsuited to her because she doesn't want it on the softer side. If it was the ground and there wasn't anything physical wrong with her, um, then the quicker ground will suit her. Um, if they go hard up front and Campanelle does all that work for her, they'll, she'll really appreciate it. Um, she likes to come she li- likes to come really late and I think she's always overlooked in the betting uh, at 20 to 1 as well. So those are two bigger price horses um, for the Platinum Jubilee Stakes um, over at the six furlongs. So right 
Right, that comes to the end of our preview. We have focused on eight of the key races at Royal Ascot, but with seven races each day, there's so much more that we can look into. There's so much more to get into as well. Um, we're going to get into our naps and our next best, and we're also going to get a selection of the two-year-olds that you, that myself, um, Tom and Ross all like. But must make sure that you remember about uh, the offer. New SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply. So that is your offer to take you into our naps our next best so tc kick us off yeah the naps going to be ottoman fleet in the king edward the seventh stakes which is the 535 ascot on friday now you need a mid 110s horse to win this race horses that have run in the derby tend to run here as well um but derby runners obviously horses that haven't finished first second or third in the derby tend to run here derby runners don't usually get on very well in this race as I say, you need a mid-110s horse. Reach for the Moon is going to be the horse that people are going to plump for, I imagine. He's run to 114, 115 his career already, um, and therefore he's probably the horse to beat. But I'm sure that Ottoman Fleet is good enough to win a race this nature. He was set an impossible task on debut. Well backed in the market, but he was last. I know mm. he broke slowly, he ran a little bit green, but he was he was race last, um, and he finished second to a stablemate who was highly regarded at that point. Lionel um, finished third for David Monizier, and he's subsequently won the listed cocked hat at Goodwood, so the form stacks up. Much better from Ottoman Fleet last time out. Stumbled badly at the start. And we see this race after race in America. When a horse stumbles so badly, just knuckles, front legs knuckle, Mm -hmm. touch the nose on the floor. They find it so difficult to recover and understandably so, right? You lose momentum. You obviously lose lengths between yourself and the protagonist in the race. But he somehow managed to come back and beat Zane Sarinda, who's a decent horse for Tom Clover. I was really impressed with that run. He's by see the stars out of a motivator mare. Mile and a half, mile and a half. Um, This is the perfect trip for him. I like Ottoman Fleet. And the uh, next best is Perfect Power. We've already covered him. He's in the Commonwealth Cup, the 420 Ascot on Friday. Big day Friday. Uh, (laughs) And I'm hopeful that the the drop back to a sprint trip will see him in better light. I thought he was the best sprinter in the country last year. Yes, I like Eras in the race as well. Um, Mm. But Perfect Power is my outstanding anti-post bet. And uh, I'm hoping he gets a clean run and wins the Commonwealth Cup. And a two-year-old to pick out of all of them that you've seen who's impressed you the most. Yeah, now, I was actually going to put a two-year-old up as my nap <coughs> overall, and Ottoman Fleet is my next best, but uh, we have a, a special two-year-old subject, so uh, I'll stick with this bit, which is Statuette. And I know Ross doesn't agree, because I've read his juvenile judge column. <laughs> <laughs> um, she runs in the Albany, uh, the Albany in the 2.30 at Ascot on, is it Friday? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's yeah. a huge day for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gets you out of trouble day if Tuesday doesn't go to call your fan with all those favourites. Yeah, well, uh, that's going to be a big day. Fingers crossed. Um, I haven't seen a more impressive debut performance all year from a filly or a colt. She took loads of money, sent off 11 to 10, broke nicely, raced professionally, came alongside a, a previously racehorse called Olivia Morald, who has good form in the book, but just mm-hmm. cleared away in the closing half of Furlong. The way she hit the line... It was in the style of a horse who's well up to Group 1 standard, I think, in the future. Trained by the right guy, Edna O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, she's by Justify. Yeah. She's out of Immortal Verse, who obviously won the 2011 coronation here. And is also the Dam of Tenebrism. There is nothing not to like about Statuette in the Albany. Okay. Right. Ross Miller, <laughs> there's probably a reason why you, you haven't chosen her. But uh, we'll get to your two-year-olds um, in a bit. If you could give me your, your nap and your next best, please. Uh, so the nap is a bit of a chance you run in. She's a bit of a mad box of frogs. Is alcohol-free in the Duke mm. Cambridge. Uh, she was really gassy on a on a seasonal reappearance, as is her her want. I thought it was a much more solid run behind Bayid last time. She was nowhere near as keen. Not sure she was entirely ridden to to beat Bayid on that occasion. I think this has been the target, and I think they're two runs to take the edge off her. Get her in her best frame of mind. She gets weight from a number of these target uh, from a number of these rivals. Um, as I said, I think this is the target. I, I, I think provided she behaves herself. And that is a bit of an if. I think she'll win this. Uh, and then the next best is one of your favourites, uh, Lone Eagle in mm. the Hardwick. 
Um, really strong form from last year behind Hurricane Lane in the Irish Derby. Clearly, I think, got injured at Ascot the following run and has been missing since then. Looked to get tired in the reappearance and also looked to race a little rustily. Um, if he's come forward fitness-wise and, and sharpened back up again, got on his sort of racing game, I think this doesn't take an awful lot of winning. Um, and I, I think he'll take that. And then my two-year-old, um, I think the two-year-olds are a really decent bunch this year so far. Um, yeah. the, so... so in the commentary the queen mary that albany i think you want to see what's running the one that's really stood out to me and he's not much of a price is uh, albert munnings uh, alfred munnings in the in the chesham uh, he was picture perfect alfred munnings uh, on his <laughs> debut at leopard sound um, he was relaxed he was balanced he was really powerful to the line cornwall have won the last two renewals of this they've yeah. won three of the last five um i think he's a really really smart colt i think he'll win the chesham yeah, they look like they've got some really a good handle on their two-year-olds, especially at this sort of sort of extended trips as well. Um, okay, so um, alcohol-free Lone Eagle, Alfred Munnings, the three uh, specific selections from Ross. My, from me, Baybridge, we've talked about him earlier. We've all conclusively decided that this is uh, the horse to, to, to beat and take away with it from the Prince of Wales's, and uh, he's probably the most exciting horse that we've got to look forward to and the most unexposed as well. So there's plenty more, hopefully, to come from him um, in the Prince of Wales. That's my nap. My next best is in the Britannia now there's a slight worry about the draw there always is in these big handicaps but who put 50 in you I've not been as impressed by a, a ride as I have done when um, David Probert rode him um, in the Silver Bowl at Haydock last time because that don't think the track quite suited him he he missed the break he had to he had to come late and he won despite everything going wrong for him I think he's a he's definitely that classic group horse and a handicap yeah I said it but I do think that this Britannia will bring out the best in, in him a big old cavalry charge so really really like that horse for Clive Cox who I can imagine is going to have a, a really good week um, my two-year-old I'm going to be cheat and have two because I love the two-year-olds I've got a Philly Love Reigns um, who I know that uh, TC um, it will agree with me was absolutely explosive in her debut race at Keeneland um, she's in the Queen Mary and um, that 10 length win is nothing to to underestimate and I think that she could do perhaps a Lady Aurelia and win this race and win it well um, but there are some nice fillies in the Queen Mary but I think she could be um, head and heels um, above them my other one is Persian Force in the Coventry Stakes. The best since Cavford Cal- Cliffs, Richard Hannon says. Yes, it's going to be a competitive race. Yes, we've talked about how strong these two-year-olds are, but I think this this one's got a bit of star power um, and I've been really impressed by how professional he's been and, and having to take that conditions race with a penalty and um, winning so comfortably in the Brocklesbury as well is no mean feat. So that is it. So we've gone through all of the key races. Um, we've taken you through all the international runners you need to hear about. We've got your nap your next best your two-year-old horses there is so much to look forward to um, ahead of Royal Ascot starting on Tuesday hope you've enjoyed um, the special edition of the SBK podcast thanks to TC thanks to Ross for flying in from France I hope you have a wonderful Royal Ascot make sure to like subscribe tell everyone about this podcast hopefully we found you a few winners too 